Hey, everybody. How's it going? Hope you're doing well. We are back with another episode. Oh, I want to say 14 because I yes. feel like 13 was, uh, I remember 13 because, well, everybody re remembers that number, right? But uh, hey, good good on me. Uh, Mark and Steve <laughs> back here with another uh, episode of another podcast, the podcast for you. Steve, what's going on in O-Town? Not much, man. Just uh, COVID cases running rampant. Yeah. Rampant. Well, yeah, everywhere, I guess. Yeah, it's, uh, we've, yeah, it's, it's, it's fucking nuts here right now. Um, the kids are back, uh, what's well, March break, like, quote, unquote, yeah, March break now, right? Right. So this week would be their April break. April break, sure. And then they're not going back. But I think it was really like the worst kept secret in the world. Like they, um, pushed it back. Obviously they didn't know that, that the, uh, wave would be as bad as it is this third time around, but I feel like they, pushed it they didn't close off school earlier they just waited until the march break because they knew that they weren't going to reopen once it was done mm -hmm. but you know it is what it is fuck yeah cases here also i think i was uh relaying to you well when they started to jump like we had been i think the highest that uh our health board had was like seven or eight cases a day and then all of a sudden we had a day of 32 and that was when uh everybody kind of freaked out here uh, myself included, I guess, and I'm freaked out is a relative term, but um, so how and what's the population in your general area for people that don't well, know Picton? Well, so we do, it's not only Picton, but it's so we're in Prince Edward County, but our health unit is Hastings, Prince Edward, and that includes Belleville, which is 60,000 people, uh, and Trenton, which is probably another 25,000. <clears> excuse me. So the population all told is probably around 100k. Um, so yeah, when the cases jumped from seven to like 32, it was pretty, pretty alarming. And it's just, uh, man, it's, it's, it's crazy that it just keeps trugging along and things don't get, get better. Can't wait to get jabbed. Yeah, no, me, but me neither. I, I mean, aside from, you know, living through this fucking third wave and the broken back that I have, I'm, I'm doing great. Oh yeah, you wrecked your back again. Yeah, I'm not quite sure if it was from breathing or walking this time. <laughs> it might have been both. I, I mean, hope you weren't being crazy and doing both at the same time. No, I think it might have been both at the same time. I I can't multitask, and you know, I may have taken too deep of a breath, and or you that know, sucks, taken, taken too big of a step. But yeah, my lower back feels like it's been trampled on by a number of large animals and whatnot so yeah we we did some yard work uh last week and it was beautiful here and fucking had nothing else to do so we um we raked our whole backyard or most of our backyard and our entire front yard nice and, well that's uh, one of the things i was going to actually just chat about is like i've been finding new ways to keep myself entertained here in the last couple of weeks um wondering what everybody else is up to in that regard you you have a few more options there and a few more yeah so uh, Few more, few more warm bodies to keep entertained yeah let's dive into that then i um so yeah we did we did some gardening last weekend and uh went through 12 bags didn't finish the entire backyard but got a good chunk of the leaves um raked up and uh this weekend is not supposed to be too nice but the next time we have a good weekend around before the trailer opens up i want to um pressure wash the deck and uh you know just clean it up a little bit but aside from that um i've been taking guitar lessons Oh, no way. Yeah. So Jade had got, uh, got me four lessons for Christmas and, um, yeah, so I, she started me off with four lessons. I've, I've had a guitar. So a little backstory. I bought a guitar <laughs> when we first started dating, which would have been 18 years ago and 1986. Um, yes, exactly. And, uh, when I got the lessons for Christmas, I'd picked up the guitar and tried just practicing because I was you know into it and still am that was the second time I picked up the guitar mm. from when I bought it 18 years ago <laughs> so it was uh needless to say um I haven't played but I'm learning and I'd be surprised like I'm trying to do five to ten minutes a day um you know when I'm working during the day if I'm frustrated or I just need to step away from my desk I could just grab my guitar and strum on it for five to ten minutes and I feel that it helps um, so yeah, that's, that's what I've been doing. What about you, Mark? Nice. Well, that's funny about the guitar because I have a, <clears throat> I think you might remember my guitar. Just, it was, a, I don't know, a conversation piece of our apartment in Calgary, really, because that's all it was. I bought it off a, a fellow coworker out there and with the long-term goal of learning 
I, I remember I bought. Uh, <laughs> was it an electric guitar? No, it was uh, it was an acoustic. Acoustic, one. okay. And uh, I remember I bought uh, guitar for dummies, and yeah, just same same thing, man. I don't think I ever picked it up. And then you know we moved back to Ontario and couldn't couldn't lug it or didn't want to go through the trouble of checking it and all that, so I sold it. But it's a good on you. How so? It's all online, I assume, and is it like one on one or? Well, yeah. So I had um, I had my third lesson uh, last Saturday. I was half an hour late. I got my time mixed up. So uh, <laughs> that was all. That's always good. But prior to that, it was in person, you know, cool. just socially distant, you know, wore masks. Um, mm -hmm. And so I think I'm going to continue it. I have one more lesson that's covered with the Christmas present, but I think I'm going to continue on. My goal is to be able to play one song by Christmas. Okay. And, uh, you know, it's, it might just be like, you know, three blind mice or something simple, but it's going to be a song regardless. That's, hey, that's, that's a piece of music, right? That's it. That's awesome. Album uh, drops next year. <laughs> that's awesome. Um, yeah, I've been bored and, and I think it's just watching these uh, YouTube channels where these guys bushcraft or uh, stealth camp. There's a new guy that I've been watching. His name's Steve Wallace. So it's kind of made me want to do at least an inventory of my camping because I do do some camping throughout the, the summer and you know a couple times a year me and some buddies from my old place of work do a portage in camping trip where we actually have to canoe to to the campsite so was that in a, was that at Algonquin Park uh Bon Echo, bon Echo, bon Echo okay. which is kind of just like the smaller less talented brother or sibling to right. um, Algonquin but it's closer by, which is nice, but there's some strategy that goes into that, right. In terms of packing and what you're going to log in and, you know, weight and things like that. So, uh, I've been wanting to do an inventory of kind of my camping gear and kind of look at maybe, you know, applying some of the things I'm learning from these people I'm watching. So all that led to during our beautiful stretch of weather last week, I, I remembered that I had a camping hammock. So, I set yes. that up immediately on my deck. Uh, so far, the deck's holding the two pillars each corner. But uh, um, so that's good. But I also just put up my tent and then I thought, hey, you know what? I haven't been sleeping very well. Uh, I'm going to just sleep in here or try sleeping in my tent. So in, in the house or like no, no, outside? outside. Oh, no um, shit. Not fully insane. Just a little bit. insane. <laughs> um, so I, so, yeah, I put that up and uh, blew up my big I have a queen size air mattress. So I, I put that up and moved kind of my sleeping bag and some bedding stuff in there that night. But uh, as soon as I got in like 11, 1130 that night, like, again, you, like I'm in the middle of Picton. So the light pollution is like, there's dust to dawn lights on all over. Right. So my, I feel like I was lit up yeah. the whole night, but at least it was something to do and it killed the day. And, you know, at least it's one more rep of putting the tent up and down. So I'm a little bit better at that, but uh yeah, these are the things that uh, I'm doing to fill my time and the blocks in the day now. You should time yourself on um, setting the tent up and tearing it down. That's not a bad idea. I don't know if I want to put myself through that torture yet, though, because I'll just be pressing and pressing and, I don't know, be too competitive with myself if that's possible. But uh, anyways, it's made me want to do a bunch of camping and maybe like this Steve Wallace guy on YouTube, he does, uh, he calls it stealth camping. And it's, it's kind of funny, like when he leaves in the morning after a successful trip it's like he's escaping jail but really he's like camped out and hit like one of the things he did is camp out in his suv in long-term parking at the edmonton airport he's an edmonton guy so a lot of things are going on in in alberta but it just things were camping where he's not supposed to but it's not like so obvious but uh i don't know it's kind of neat that's amazing i'm diving really into the niche niches well, and the minutiae of youtube these days so he he's different than that other guy you'd recommended you know several podcasts oh yeah okay yeah completely different steve steve's just kind of a like he's not an expert at anything uh really he's just a normal guy that goes out I, actually i remember i learned about him on deadspin deadspin picked up a thing on him in their late days a couple of years ago and uh, i'm like oh this guy seems cool and then he was canadian and yeah he just popped up on my youtube suggestions so I'm craving some outdoors. Like I think I've said before, I just feel the pull mm -hmm. to get outside and the weather has been nice. Well, this week, not so much, but last week I made a point to get out on my paddleboard a lot too. We're um, wearing rubber boots, but I don't really care. Uh, oh, last Saturday, man, I had a great day. I packed up a lunch, my folding chair. Uh, so and, and 
just we paddled and found a blank or a, sorry a random bank of a river and posted up and had myself a time oh that's cool so would you just throw the the chair like you know strap it around your back like and no like i, I a packed a backpack or? i packed a backpack okay, and th- okay. this chair is like a really it's a folding one like all the parts come apart it's it's really oh, compact so uh yeah looking forward to doing lots of stuff outside maybe this is the year i finally get a tan instead <laughs> of just i'm either you know milk or a lobster <laughs> there's not You're much either, yeah milk or maroon <laughs> when is it gonna be <laughs> it's um we so in my in my late teens early 20s my my pals and i we used to go up to algonquin park uh every summer and we'd portage to the same nice. island and one year i think i might have been around eight, 18 or 19 one year there's like there's about 10 of us that went and uh my buddy brian was in a separate canoe than what i was in and he was with a couple of others and it was raining and the white caps were pretty bad and his boat capsized and oh. all the beer lost all the beer lost all of his clothes lost oh. all his food so basically for you know three or four nights that we were there he had to you know have his beer from us and we had to lend him his clothes that we brought for ourselves and that was probably the uh the most difficult experience i had portaging and camping but aside from that every time i've gone it's been tremendously fun yeah it's yeah. uh it's i don't know if i've said this before either but i feel like it's the one time or a couple times a year where i'm actually like tested as a sapien you know like yeah. it's uh as close to that as probably i probably uh a metropolitan guy or guys like us will ever get and by metropolitan like a, i just mean like urban creatures now right like a poor man's less stroud <laughs> yeah very in my case very poor man hey like i mean uh, I, I, I will do some stuff but i will not piss in this filter just to <laughs> just to drink it as water like there's there's no. a there's a line in the sand that i'll draw they sell uh little compact like water filtration pens now they're like 60 bucks but you just stick it in the river and then drink yeah my um my colleague uh dave is um really big into fishing and he mm. he had bought something like that where he would like it's like a straw i think you said right and yeah so he sucks up the the water from the lake or whatever and then it filters it and then you can drink it no problem yeah crazy what they're doing these days with uh filtration on a micro level <laughs> i mean you could just boil it it's not really that that's true extra you know? work though could yeah, be the could enough. be the difference between life and death those those minutes you never know that's true you know it's um, funny because i've been thinking about the show alone a lot um mm-hmm. recently and I, it is a great show and it, it's uh it, it usually comes out in the summertime i think it usually the season starts in may and then usually ends in like august or something like that or, or end of july so i feel like we're pretty close but then i was talking with jade about you know will they even have a season because of covid and i'm like well fuck of, of any show on television alone should be the one show that should have no issues because they're literally alone by themselves mm. so i'm hoping that Absolutely. It doesn't, you know, i'm sure i can find out on the internets if the season is happening but um i hope mm. it is because it's uh yeah it's a time of this year for me where i just i feel like i need to be outside more you know thinking about yep. the trailer a lot you know camping oh you must be itching yeah. to get to the trailer yeah yeah i am i feel like i'm more about maybe three four weeks away from opening that bad boy up nice well hey i hope things get a little bit normal this year and i can come up and That'd be uh, great. and uh see ya what's uh before we dive into sports, there is there anything else non-sports that we should talk about? What's going on? So we watched a movie um, last weekend, uh, Encino Man. Do you remember Encino Man? <laughs> uh, only by name, and I remember it. Uh, I, I don't think I've ever seen it, but I do remember. Really? It. Okay, so it's very, very much like when I we talked about how we watched um, Wayne's World. I don't like just random thought on Saturday made me think of this movie Encino Man. It's from 1992 and it stars Polly Shore, Brendan Fraser, Sean Astin. Um, and those are really the three main stars. Um, and it's about uh, Brendan Fraser is a caveman. That's uh, right. Who yeah. was frozen. And then, you know, back, fast forward to present day, Sean Astin and Polly Shore, Dave and Stoney are best friends and they're graduating and they want to have, you know, the most killer prom party at 
Dave's house, who's played by Sean Aston, and he has to dig up his backyard so he can get a pool in it. And they they uncover Brendan, and then he thaws out, and then it's just about him, you know, adjusting to modern life. And it, it wasn't like I'm not gonna say it was a great movie, but it wasn't bad from what I remembered. There were a few parts that were pretty funny, um, but it was very like it was very quick movie like it wasn't long it just went from beat to beat to beat to beat to beat and then it ended um which was kind of refreshing because nowadays it seems like movies are i was just gonna say like they just have to be two hours They're like absolutely you're not a movie unless it's two you know unless it's, you're two hours long and it's like fuck, it's like, just nice to be able to watch something and it be over with in 90 minutes or less right well it's like judd apatow i love the guy and i love his work but he can't make a movie under two minutes like he just won't cut it that much and it's yeah. and like <laughs> it, come on i did so yeah I, I get that a lot um where it was kind of in that era of movies maybe like the early 90s right where that was kind of the comedy style in terms of of movies and there were some good ones and i think the more you talked about that i feel like that was a rose family rental uh, at some point in Sino man it was um, on um it was on disney plus so if you do okay. Disney plus it's uh that's the that's what we watched it off of but then yeah, i was thinking about paulie shore and he really only had that movie and son-in-law son-in-law somewhat that's, good i, I biodome biodome was, was shit, biodome though. i do remember <laughs> biodome but then there was also like in the army now and oh yeah paulie shore is dead and um <laughs> But he, you know, he carved out, I guess, a pretty good career for himself in the 90s. I think he had a bit of a stepping stone, though, because his mom, his mom owns, owned the, uh, the comedy store, which we talked oh, that's about right. this. That's right. Yeah. 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 You know, every comedian that we know today, actors that started off as comedians, Tim Allen's, Jim Carrey's, um, Sinbad, whoever else is, if Sinbad is an example that I use, <laughs> <laughs> all went through the comedy store and his mom owned it. And so he probably, you know, he probably had a few doors open for him a lot easier than others would. And yeah, maybe well, he was also, I think he was, he was himself at the right time in that early nineties where kind of those characters. And I think of even like a Gilbert Gottfried or um, even Dustin Diamond, maybe a little bit. Yeah. I mean, he, I mean, you like think quirky. of him and you think of Screech, but yeah, just like where characters and maybe that personality like a lot of stuff that those guys said obviously now they, they wouldn't be able to say probably right or a lot of those movies probably wouldn't be able to be made now but um there was there is something refreshing about that you're, you're at like you said that and it was exactly what i was thinking it's like even going back and like watching tommy boy or something like that or like happy gilmore it's like yeah it's just sometimes i miss that simple formulaic comedy that it's like like you said point to point laugh to laugh uh yeah because it worked we're all too smart and, and bright now. And, and you know, another thing that I, I think I'm going to make more of a regular thing with watching older movies is that through all of the different streaming services that we have or that's available out there, you have an abundance of movies and TV shows that you can watch that are new or newish. Um, and it's just, it's nice to be able to go back into the vault and just pick a movie from the 90s that you hadn't seen in 20 25 years and give it a shot and if you don't like it then you know but if you do then it's you know brings up some gives you the warm and fuzzies you know from your childhood i guess but for sure i think i'm gonna i think i'm gonna make more of an effort to do that because it was uh it was enjoyable and uh there was only one part of the movie that would not be have been made today and it was something that one of the um one of the characters said, uh, I won't say it, but it was the F word and it's not fun. Gotcha. Um, but they used it in the movie and it's like, oh, well, that would not be said today mm. in today's movie. So I watched, uh, I got a quick little movie review then because I did watch a movie on Netflix a couple of days ago called The Jungle from 2017. It was Daniel Radcliffe. Uh, and it's <clears throat> based on a true story of a guy that gets lost or a couple of guys that get lost in the Amazon jungle. Hmm. Um and I had seen it on the menus a couple of times. And I've been reading a book about a guy who just up and left his life in New York City to go to the Amazon to start a new life. And uh, so it was interesting to me. And that's why I wanted to see it. But the movie was bad. I was disappointed uh, <laughs> quite a bit, actually. It was it was it was dog shit, especially like the writing and stuff like you know, no character building, no relationship building, just things that were thrown at you as a viewer that you were supposed to assume and put together yourself. And that's fine. Oh, but yeah, yeah. Uh, like, holy, I couldn't believe how quickly it all 
came and it was like okay um and then, I sorry, say, it as based... it went on and it kind of played out a little bit it started to become a little bit more enjoyable at least i was invested in 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 one character on the screen but uh they didn't do a good job of making you root for anybody at the start that's for sure was it based on true story yep i can't remember the people's names that were lost so anyways uh four guys three friends go into the jungle they ran into this random uh guide tour guide uh at some outpost or something and he sold them uh a tail and a a yarn of you know this 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 place where nobody stepped foot before and you know you got to see it so they're full of wonderlust and they're there and they're looking for adventure and they follow them and immediately nobody gets along and uh they split off into two different groups two in each and uh two of them are never seen again and uh, mm. two, two of them have to find their way uh, back to each other and uh, yeah it's really really it's compelling but it uh, they did a very bad job uh making it into a movie ah, so that's uh, a mark of the movies i hate that when when you have such a great premise for a movie true story or not and then you just go and shit all over it and not do it justice i'm also not sure like and this is completely unfair but i can't be the only one that thinks this like Daniel Radcliffe, like he's, I've heard that he's a great actor and I'm, I've heard he's been in great movies, but all, all I see is Harry Potter. I, I know he's, he's probably my age, <laughs> but uh, I just, I don't know. I can't buy him. Well, didn't he you. do like seven Harry Potter movies or six or something like that? Like, <laughs> something like that. at some point you do a character enough, you're going to be typecasted. But know? that's just like, I don't, I think I've seen one of those movies front to to end but it's just like he is ubiquitous with harry potter and like but like he is harry potter and harry potter is him right so but i but i I would i would say that even though you only saw one of the harry potter movies it was you know it it was or is arguably one of the most successful franchises for sure ever where you know um toys and clothing and merchandise all had his face plastered all over it so even though you've only seen one movie you may have been walking through a store and you know you see it and just subconsciously you just constantly associate yourself with him as as uh, harry potter that's right i've never seen i've never seen any of the harry potter movies actually oh wow yeah i saw one i don't know what one it was i remember it was 2004 and i saw it just because my date wanted to see it so one for the team classy guy mark classy as always classy guy um that's all i got though in terms of what we uh what we've watched that isn't um did i talk did i tell did i tell yeah exactly <laughs> it's been it's been great actually um so jade's watching the show um it's rupaul's drag racing i think it's called on netflix and yeah. she's a few seasons behind so she has a lot of catching up to do wait drag and, racing or like rupaul's, <laughs> rupaul's drag that race good. something or other if it was drag racing that would be what a great crossover that would be <laughs> it would be <laughs> because she has so many um episodes to catch up on she's like so are you watching bases or baseball tonight and i'm like there's baseball every night <laughs> and so she watches her show and then i'm watching mine and it's great like i'm just all i've been doing all free, week right? is, oh just phenomenal go. i've got my i've got my scorebook and i'm you know watching the astros play like shit right now but <laughs> i still get to watch them not a problem but uh did i tell you about the this documentary called class action park oh did, yeah man have we yeah, recorded it I don't know if we've talked about it, but I, I've certainly have seen that before. Okay, because we watched we, we it. We definitely have talked about it. Okay, okay, okay. It was great. It was great. Oh, man, yeah, it's so good, eh? Yeah, I love it. Like, it's, uh, like, I want to go. Could you imagine? That's the thing, like, just, like, that park would never no. be around for more no. than more than a fortnight if... The- if if it was you know today's day and age like there's no there's no fucking way the, like. the one part of it that like okay it looks like there's all these weird dangerous loops and like water jumps and things but the one thing to me that i remember clear as day is like that terrifying downhill seems like, so, a like the luge like, like the a luge. go-kart luge or something right where it's yeah, just no. cement and you're supposed to like like it looks like a vertical aqueduct that you're that you're sliding down on some crazy carpet or something and didn't like a kid died on that i think yeah a kid died and it wasn't even from you know fall it was him being catapulted off of that that uh track and his head hitting a rock that Jesus. was like 10 10 feet away yeah that's it you're, you're ripping down there probably at what like 50 miles an hour oh. or something and um 
you, you know, you lean into a turn a little too much or, you know, you catch an edge and you just go flying. Yeah. Oh, if you haven't seen that uh, listener, go and watch class yeah, action. It's, part. it's uh, what was it? Netflix. I think it's Netflix. Yeah, I think so. If not crave, no, it's crave. It's definitely crave uh, class action park. Highly recommended. If you're, if you're of our age, I think if you're, you know, if you're, if you grew up in, you know, the eighties, I think you would appreciate this more. Um, should we do the, uh, I liked what you, I like the acronym you dropped in the chat last night. Oh, yeah. <laughs> how would you say that though? With like, how would you? To twib? I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I don't know. T2 wib. T2. Yeah, sure. T2 wib. But I thought it was genius. These two weeks in baseball, because we missed the week. Um, cue that great theme song. Oh my God. Yes. It, so yeah, we haven't really talked since the baseball preview. What are the early early returns there's been two no hitters that's been pretty crazy yeah so i want to talk about that um definitely but for me personally the season um astro start off great uh they picked up right where their playoffs left off last year and they came out of the gates you know six and one and then they've oh, wow, now really? lost five now they've lost five in a row so they're oh. they're 500 um jays are in my opinion, playing well. I think their pitching is um, their Achilles heel, which we all knew um, about. And observations, um, injuries. Injuries. Oh, man. And, and to be completely honest, I, another observation is uh, there's been more postponed games from the weather than there has been from COVID. Mm. Um, so those are just some early observations, but baseball's back and I fucking love it. Yeah, yeah man. I'm it's in my been, happy place. Yeah, same here. And it's, uh, I'm almost embarrassed to admit like how much it's done for my psyche, but uh, whatever, uh, take what you can get these days. And I yeah, am exactly. so yeah, pump it into my veins. And I certainly have been, um, whether I'm watching something like today, while I worked away, I was watching the Padres and, and the Pirates and, and yeah, like from the Jays fans perspective, they're six and six, but I think it's a good six and six, uh, considering the injuries and considering like the arm attrition that they're already dealing with. Like, and that's really what like injuries, I think everybody was expecting them across baseball this year, uh, mm-hmm. because, you know, you're jumping from 60 game season last year to, to full 162 games this year. And that's going to be tough. I think, especially on pitchers. Well, I don't think that, I think that's just, you know, common knowledge almost now even just two weeks in, like I texted you last night, I'm sure you were aware. I think half of the Astros lineup got placed on, was it the COVID list or are yep. they actually hurt? No COVID list. Oh, it's COVID. So okay. So that's a whole other beast too. Fucking right? fantasy teams just took a shit. But with injuries, like, okay. The blue Jays just made a big deal and it looks awesome and the players love it, but they made a huge deal out of, you know, their, performance their, their new performance digs down in Dunedin right like multi-billion dollar facility whenever you want to work out you can whatever piece of equipment you want to use you can it's there there's pools there's 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 a barber there's whatever all these injuries for the Blue Jays are not baseball related injuries they're soft tissue injuries and like at, at, there comes a point where you have to start questioning the training staff like there really, really is. And I don't, I, I don't think it's unique to the Blue Jays, but I'm wondering if it's maybe a microcosm of a bigger concern in baseball where guys are just working out too much. And I think that's causing them to get hurt more often. Like you think like Mickey Mantle and Babe Ruth were working out 365 days a year. And obviously, you know, those are apples and oranges. It's a different time and more is expected from these players now. And they're more assets really than they ever have been obviously, but like there, I think there is a two guys in, in New York city are a prime example to me, Aaron judge and Giancarlo Stanton, they're yeah. beasts when they're healthy. All they have to do is flick their wrists and the ball goes 450 feet. Yeah. But the trick is keeping them on the field and man, they're both massive. And I wonder, and I, another example I always go back to is David Duvall on the PGA tour. David Duvall was probably the second best golfer in the world for a couple of years coming for tiger and then he just got huge. Like he threw out his back, I remember. And then he got huge. And then like he couldn't stop hurting himself and he couldn't stay on the course. And I would argue Tiger even kind of went through a similar metamorphosis. Like Tiger uh-huh. started to get big. Like he started working on shit. Yeah. Um, 
And then he ended up getting hurt all the time. So I think with baseball, a lot of it is you have to be rubbery a little bit. And I think now it's in vogue and I, I get why, but it's in vogue to not be rubbery and it's in vogue to be a brick shit house. You know what I mean? And I wonder if that is leading to a lot more injuries. And maybe it's, it's, I would agree with you. And I think even to compound that even further, it's probably the, you know, the, the need to expedite the healing process as well. So mm-hmm. that if there are bumps and bruises or like there's a nagging injury or it's, you know, a strain or whatnot, that the, um, that they try and overcompensate the healing process and not let it heal naturally in terms of time. And then it ends up causing more issues. Like I think George Springer, did George Springer just aggravate something because yeah. he was working out? Um, so his oblique was looking good, but then he strained, was it a calf muscle because he was yep. taking ABs and simulated games and whatnot. And, you know, I think that might be, don't get me wrong. Like, I mean, if you drop 150 million on a player, you want to get him out there as soon as you can. But having said that, you want to make sure that when he does get back on the field, it's not just for, you know, three, five, 10 games. It's for, you know, the rest of the season, ideally. So I think it's a bit of both. I don't know too much about um, who the trainers are for the Blue Jays specifically, if they've been with the organization, you know, for a long time, like Pete Walker, or if they're somewhat new, but I think, you know, not having a, you know, not having a degree in that field, I think this is a unique season for many reasons. And I think one of the many reasons it is, is the, um, the jump, like you said, from 60 to 162. And so you've got to, you've got to really monitor and um, provide the physio and the training at a pace that's, that's good and not, not expedited, if that makes sense. Oh yeah. It makes a lot of sense. And especially with things you mentioned Springer, like obliques, like obliques in baseball, I feel like the two worst injuries you can have are shoulder and obliques, like obliques, Mm. the only thing that. And elbow. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, The only thing that cures an oblique strain is time. Like you have to rest. It's a rest kind of thing. And I hearken back to the Brett Laurie era in Toronto. He was constantly getting oblique strains and trying to come back way too soon and then re-aggravating his oblique strain. Yeah. And uh, you just can't do that with them. And I uh, groins, I don't think are that far removed from that discussion either. So they're being extra careful with Springer. And yeah, I mean, the only saving grace, I think, for the training staff and not just with the Blue Jays across baseball, I'm sure it is this unique circumstance this season, but like they're falling like ducks in Toronto. Like I, I don't think any team has kind of gone through the soft tissue injuries that the Jays have. Like it would be one thing if, you know, there's a collision or two guys run into each other and, you know, guys get hurt on a baseball play, but it seems like, like Julian Merriweather, he said he felt something in his leg uh, the last pitch of his bullpen before he came into the game the other night. And then he threw two pitches and now he's on the IL and today it's Ross Stripling. And, you know, hopefully Anthony Kay can survive a start tonight, a spot start tonight against uh, Kansas City. But there comes a point where at least I hope the front office is looking into like at least they're having a discussion. Hey, maybe what we're doing isn't working and maybe there's a pivot or an adjustment or something. That Obviously, I don't have a degree in the field, too. Just uh, the school of goddamn hard knocks. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. It's certainly been frustrating from, well, we won't even get into the fantasy aspect of it, but uh just from no, a fan's let's perspective. Just, let's just, you know what? Let's just vent about the fantasy aspect of it for a moment. Okay. So I've got three <laughs> fantasy teams, two of which are with Yahoo, one of one of which is with ESPN. And I tried to diversify my lineup. But if I'm given the opportunity to draft Jordan uh, Alvarez and Kyle Tucker, especially in a dynasty league where you know they're expected mm-hmm. to produce for the next 10 years, I'm gonna do that. And then I took uh Carlos Correa like the fifth last round so i mean why not um but it seems like everyone on my team is is you know fucking falling by the wayside um aside from the injuries though for a quick moment have you ever had fantasy sports um played fantasy sports using the espn um platform no it's it's awful so you can't um you can't edit your lineup you have to edit your lineup before the first pitch of the first game is thrown that day regardless if you have a player um, on that team or not so oh. if if all my players games start at 407 but the first pitch that day is at 107 i have oh. to make my adjustments before 107 or my it's locked yeah that would drive me nuts and so if you forget like today i forgot i had um i had the colorado pitcher uh marco gonzalez 
Marco yep. Gonzalez. Yeah, he pitched or Seattle, sorry, Seattle. He pitched today, five innings. He had a few strikeouts. Um, but I he was on the bench because I forgot to um, edit my lineup before the game started and it pissed me off. So frustrating. But you know, I did have, however, um, Ryu the other night, and we were texting. Was it last night that he pitched? Uh, no, a couple nights ago. My, He's man, starting tomorrow, I think. Like how it, it's it's so refreshing to watch him pitch. Oh, he's great. Like he, and I'm I'm you know I'm not surprised that we thought the same thing, but. Um, in that I, I do not recall a pitcher for the Jays that I had more confidence in to be a slump buster or to get a win or just to steer the ship than I have with Rio since Roy Halladay, if that makes sense. Yeah. No, no, I couldn't even think of anybody close to be honest no, with you. I mean, I mean, like maybe AJ Burnett at the same time as, as Halladay, but you know, he certainly wasn't AJ Burnett would give you three great starts. And then he'd come in like the four star and it'd be like, he can't get guys out all of a sudden. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Ryu is just a lock here. You, you said it. Uh, it's, it's just, it's a, it's a pleasure to watch him pitch. Reminds me a lot of Mark Burley. Uh, you know, uh, yeah. just he pitches, he doesn't throw, he pitches. And it's just like, I mean, he's carved up the Yankees twice this year. That's a, that's a good sign. Um, mm-hmm. I just want to wrap him in bubble in, in, in bubble wrap though. Just to make sure he's okay. Yeah, dip dip that left arm. I don't know whatever you got to do in ice every single day. That's it. He's thirty four. I didn't realize he was that old. I mean, it's not old, but for baseball, it is. Yeah. Um, he's a lefty, so he's pretty good. They have longevity. Those lefties. That's right. He'd be able to pitch forever if he wants to. No uh, hitters. Yeah, a couple no hitters already. One last night, I listened to the end of uh, that game in bed. A bit of a man. Always a bummer, eh? Like. Carlos Rodon for the White Sox uh, was huh, was two outs away from a perfect game. And man, what a difference between a perfect game and a no-hitter. Not Can that a no-hitter is... Explain the difference, Mark, for those that might not know. Well, a perfect game is 27 men come to the plate and 27 men are... are you, you, yeah, you, you, you do not allow a base runner the entire game. Uh, a no-hitter is, well, you can walk some guys, uh, just don't give up a hit. So anyways, he threw a no-hitter after he hit batter with one out in the ninth inning just a, a greasy slider that did what it was supposed to do it just got in too deep and and clipped the the batter's back foot and he ended up getting the next two outs for a, a no hitter the second one of the year the stat that blew me away was there has not been a perfect game in baseball since 2012 that was king felix in seattle huh. in between them there has been now 28 no hitters, which blew my mind. That seems like a lot. It does. And there, there is a few interesting stats about no hitters that um, that's stuck out to me. Uh, the AL East, as an example, the last no hitter they've had that division was in 2010 when Matt Garza threw one for the Rays, wow, the Devil Rays really? at that point. So 11 years. And, and, wow. and this, is in a, this is in a division that has had you know, Snell and Archer and Yankees rotation, Boston's rotation and the few pitchers for Toronto. Like there's been a lot of talent Absolutely. in this league and to have no, no hitter thrown in 11 years is quite surprising to me. What also is um, a testament to the lineups, right? Especially in true. Toronto and that's Boston, that's sorry, New York and Boston. Um, the next surprise was that um, in the AL central prior to last night, when Rodon threw his, the last no hitter was 2011 by Verlander with the Tigers. Um, every other division kind of has had one, you know, within the last four or five years, but those two divisions um, surprised me. Hmm. Yeah. Even for with sure. like, like Corey Kluber, like I'm surprised Corey Kluber hasn't had one, you know, in the, in the few seasons that he was, um, that he was pretty dominant in Cleveland. But uh, yeah, Carlos Rodon. So, so he, in 2014, he was the number three prospect in all of baseball. Uh, one year later, he dropped 12 spots to rank number 15 in terms of prospects. But then since then, he's had two major surgeries. He's pitched less than 50 innings since 2018. And then this past December, he was non-tendered by um, Chicago. And then he throws a no hitter. So it's pretty remarkable. Like it's, you know, it's a lot of adversity mentally and physically for someone then come out, you know, second or third start of the year. I don't, I don't know. Um, and throw a no hitter. So it's so good on him. Yeah. Big time. He was non-tendered by the white Sox, that, which means like they didn't want to pay him what his qualifying offer would have been. So yep. uh, 
uh, but you know, they must have made amends, whatever that means. But at least uh, there must have been a relationship there, right? So came back for a cheaper contract, and he's been yeah. good. I think that was his second start, and uh, yeah. I see that he was available in our fantasy league, and it uh, looks like he's had two good starts. So, and who uh, just one last week? Uh, Joe Musgrove. Joe Musgrove, right? Former Blue Jay and former Astro Joe that's Musgrove right. against uh, the Rangers one nothing first and that's you know it's also special for him as well it's um he's he pitches for san diego he's a hometown boy um this is his first year playing for his hometown team throws a no hitter and it's the first one in franchise history so yeah it's cool. just all around very special for both him and then wrote on last night it was just like it's um we need those feel good stories with baseball because there's that that uh that air of uncertainty with COVID and how it's going to affect teams and schedules and health. And we're worried about injuries to players and um, just the the questions about how this, this season is going to play out. But then it's just nice to see that there are two separate stories about pitchers, both, um, you know, reaching almost the pinnacle of what a pitcher can do. We talked about it being a perfect game, but right next to that, right beside that is a no hitter and um, some good stories behind it. So. Yeah. It's it's crazy too. Like, I don't know. It would take a lot of research, but um, it seems like a lot of cool things happen the first week or two weeks of every season. Like, there's something. There's like a no hitter or a perfect game. Didn't someone throw like a perfect game on opening day? Didn't Randy Johnson do that or something? Maybe not. I don't know. I might just be making that up. Well, it just no, seems like cool did, stuff happens uh, early in the season. Didn't didn't Roy Halladay throw a no no? Uh, his first ever playoff game with the Phils yeah, against yeah. Cincinnati. Oh man, that was awesome. Yeah, that was incredible. I remember watching that game in North <sighs> Bay and yeah. uh, trying to explain to the people who I was watching with who weren't baseball fans why it was so cool that this is happening. Um, I don't think it worked, but yeah, but you make a good point. Like maybe they just come out of the gates from spring training, like they're they're all you know. Uh, I was going to say juiced up, but that would have the wrong connotation <laughs> for baseball. But Crazy. they still, they, got, they got that jam, they got that excitement, they've got that energy, and it just to come out. Yeah, man. It's uh, oh, it's so nice having it back, eh? Yeah. It's uh, every single thing about baseball. Is and you're getting the show? Me. You're going to get the show this year? Uh, yeah, I'm going to. Yeah, nice. of course. We will have some We'll have some games then, man. Yeah, yeah. We'll do definitely. some playing. What, anything else baseball-wise uh, over the last two weeks? Obviously, no, again, well, like, you could probably do a baseball show every single yeah, night. Yeah, fair enough. So uh, um, Trevor Bauer, who right. we tend to – it's not – you know, it's not a secret that we have our issues with him um, for his on on field antics and whatnot. Um, when the Astros were caught with the sign st- stealing scandal, um, Bauer had custom shoes made with trash cans on the shoes. Did he really? He was, yeah, he's pretty vocal about it. Oh, wow. And I mean, no, so I mean, if you if you as a player feel cheated, like you have every right to to voice your opinion about something good or bad. But then now he's under investigation for allegedly potentially doctoring some balls. Yeah, I saw that. So, I mean, you better hope that it comes back inconclusive or negative in terms of him doctoring these baseballs. Because if they if they were doctored, then he's, he's oh. explaining to do. Well, that's like, I don't understand this whole thing because he was open all offseason about like saying that he was like he gets stuff and puts them on the balls and it's just one of these things in baseball there's so much gray area in baseball or like these unwritten rules or things that are just allowed to like pine tar is illegal you're not supposed to have any pine tar uh-huh. like obviously every team does whatever sometimes you'll see guys like leaving at bat and they'll go and like they'll do the sign that they want a spray can and the batting kid will throw the guy spray can and it'll spray more grip and stuff on the bat like all that stuff is technically by the rule book illegal but it's it's allowed to slide and i think there's always a certain element of that with pitchers and stuff too like we've all seen guys get uh, kicked out of the game because they've had like stuff on their arm or stuff under the bill of their hat now like it's become such a discussion every time i see a pitcher go to the brim of his hat and bauer does it it a lot like Bauer started a couple of nights ago and I watched that game and Bauer is touching his head and his hair a lot. So yeah, he was open about it saying like, Hey, this increases spin rate. Uh, lots of guys are using it. So it's almost like, I don't get it. It's like, you can't punish everybody. So you don't punish anybody, but it seems like at least with, you know, asking for these baseballs that Bauer used and it's not just Bauer. I think they're, 
they're picking some spots across the league. Uh, maybe they're looking or at least firing an opening salvo and saying, hey, we want this to at least be cut back a little bit. It's the same for, for Garrett Cole, too. I mean, absolutely. I, don't get me wrong. I loved it when he pitched for Houston, um, but I wasn't aware that he was eventually going to get caught up in that. that um, there was the trainer, I think it was, for the Los Angeles Angels that was selling some yeah. gunk, I guess. And yeah. There was a text message from Garrett to this guy asking if you can get him some stuff. And then the, I think it was against the Jays a couple of nights ago, or it might've been a previous start that he had where he struck out over 10 batters and he's throwing 99 and whatnot. And I can't help now, but think every time I'm looking at his hat, like you yeah. said, and I'm looking for him to um, get some, some, like some substance on his hands, but maybe it's just me looking too much into it, you know? Just want everybody to be on the up and up or everybody not to be right like as look, i just want an even playing field but either nobody's cheating or everybody's cheating i guess and i just um just going back to the no hitters for a second there was something else that stuck out to me um so the the braves last no hitter was in 1994 and do you know who who threw that no hitter oh gosh who would you who would you think it would be well, that was the heyday, right? You had obviously Maddox, Clavin, Smoltz, Steve Avery, maybe. Uh, um, is that like, are you guessing? Kevin Millwood? No, no. Damn it. No, maybe he, it that was, was one year Kent, Kent Merker. <laughs> no, but I wouldn't have that's, that. you named, you just named five pitchers Millwood, Avery, Smoltz, Maddox, Clavin, that from, um, it, from 88 to like early aughts, there was at least one or two of them in that rotation oh yeah and uh yeah like that's just i found that's a bit surprising so that's baseball that's why i love it so much right all those names it's kent merker who threw the no hitter in 1994 for them that's great that's baseball to a t i love baseball um vancouver canucks i I admittedly don't know much about the um what's going on with the canucks because let's be honest since baseball started hockey's been dead to me so (laughs) yeah like likewise man i I don't think i've watched a single game actually since baseball's come back and it's funny because i really leaned on hockey and nhl for entertainment before major league baseball returned but yeah the vancouver canucks are kind of they haven't played in like oh over two weeks i think it's into the third week now um because they were ravaged with COVID, and not just like "Mm, some of the guys are asymptomatic like the team was sick and a lot of family members were sick uh coaches and staff were sick i think like it maxed out at like 30 between like staffing and coaches and players there was 30 players sick and some of them were really really sick with uh, the brazilian variant were any hospitalized you know uh i don't know that crazy um but i mean they were like they were sick and like again these are pro athletes right like obviously in peak prime condition Uh and uh it knocked them on their ass and you know there really hasn't been too many updates in terms of progress or anything and uh early this week it just came out and not like all of a sudden here they are they're going to be playing this weekend uh starting to make up these games they they i think they play montreal friday and then the lease on saturday and one of their players jt miller just came out and said like he's not sure that this is the safest plan like there's still lots of guys sick we really need time to get back uh, into playing shape because obviously covid knocks you on your ass it, it seems right by all accounts and uh so it looks like they they're going to have be able to have one practice before they go into an nhl game uh with a skeleton crew and like i just don't like what are we doing yeah like is it really that important to like, I just don't understand where the line is here between common sense, capitalism, um, safety, like where's the NHLPA? Why does the NHLPA exist? Doesn't it Mm -hmm. exist to protect players? And isn't it a union that, you know, is supposed to be about employee safety. And I'd even kind of make that argument about any sport going on right now, to be honest with you, but in the NHLPA, especially, I think, something that's driven me nuts throughout COVID are entities or things that are veiled as something that they're not. And Mm -hmm. I think the NHLPA is a really big example of that where they pretend to be, uh, you know, about player safety and things like that, but really they just tow a line. Uh, They're another, it's almost like they're a corporate union. I don't know if that makes sense, but um, 
like where are they like do they care about these players again these are these aren't robots these aren't things that you push a button on and they go out and perform hockey they're eating sleeping breathing shitting human beings at the end of the day and at the start of the day and it just drives me nuts that uh, i maybe it's me maybe i just don't know where the line is anymore but is i just donald, don't think they should be playing man is donald fear still the uh yep the head of the pa which is surprising like i mean the pa and the, the owners the nhl pa and the owners they have a long history of not getting along so you figured this would be a perfect opportunity for them to speak up and speak out about what the nhl is doing that isn't right um jt miller said it's kind of frustrating if i'm being 100 percent honest with you we try to talk about the number one priority is the player's health and the family's safety and it's almost impossible to achieve that when what they've asked us to do here on our with uh, with what they've asked us to do here on a return and he goes yeah. on to say that it's uh it's not very safe and will be very challenging which i completely agree i'm curious though is it is it more the league than the team that's trying to push i would imagine it would oh be. i think i think for sure because when uh miller came out and said those comments last night like the team broadcast them all over social media like the official team so i think that it's like this is being driven and it's kind of like okay put your head down and just let's go by the nhl uh because yeah i mean the, the owner like the canucks from a team and like management ownership perspective have done and said all the right things throughout this you know this isn't a hockey issue this is about our, our players safety and their family safety because it did go like this was a this was a huge breakout for the Canucks, the biggest one in sports, I think, uh, to, to be honest with you. And if it, you know, it happened in Canada with a Canadian team uh, and a very Canadian centric sport. But, you know, if this was an NBA team or an NFL team or, you know, I know a lot of Marlins and Cardinals got it last year, but not the entire team. Right. So. And and not this variant. That's the other well, thing. Like the, the variant is the scary part. Like these guys yeah. were these guys were sick. Like how many how many players do you have on an active roster in, in hockey? Is it 25? Yeah, somewhere around there. And I think that's more this year just because of the circumstances. But right. like so, yeah, at least say, three quarters of their team were, were out with it. Oh, I'd say even more. Yeah, at least 21 players. It says here 21 players and then members of the coaching staff and family have tested positive since March 30th. Yeah. So 21, like, man, that's 80, you know, 84% of the players. That's crazy. Yeah, it's just like, uh, I don't know. From I, a human I, beings I'm, perspective, be, it just drives me nuts. I'd be very curious if they, you know, release what the contact tracing, what that, what came from that, because um, no fans in the stands, obviously. Yeah. They could still go around the city. Um, you know, they're not allowed to leave the country, obviously, and that kind of thing. So I'm just curious on on where the, um, how yeah. it infiltrated the, the locker room, you know? That's one of the things the Canucks came out with a statement early on in that ordeal. And they kind of said, you know, we don't know. Our team has been doing everything right. Because that's another part of it too, right? Like almost, uh, I think that as a reactionary society, at least myself anyway, if I can speak for myself only, I guess. Uh, I've got better at reacting to things like this. Whereas like with the Marlins thing last year, I would know I was pretty vocal about saying, you know, that's irresponsible. We shouldn't do that. Don Mattingly should be fired. But like, it just seems, especially with these variants that, and man, like, hockey and sports aside like the the variants are like there's people our age getting sick and dying which is terrifying right like it attacks the 16 to 50 demographic more than anybody else now which is terrifying so i'm a lot more forgiving and i think that it's just easier to pick up now despite people's best efforts like would i be surprised if i picked this up in some random grocery store despite me and probably everybody else in the grocery store doing the right thing i don't think i could honestly say you know, I would be now like, yeah. it would suck, but like, I'd be like, okay, I guess it's my fucking turn. So when, um, you know, when the, um, when the other divisions in the States were having their issues with COVID and games being canceled or postponed, I know Buffalo was a team and I think Carolina was another team. And then now the Northern or the, the Gordon Downey division experienced mm -hmm. delays and whatnot. But I, I want to say that I feel like the NHL had some provisions in place where they would, um, they would award uh, playoff spots based off of average points. I think I yeah points percentage, right? Like that's points percentage. Thing. Okay, yeah, yeah. I think that's what MLB ended up doing last year because I don't. Well, maybe not. I'm not sure, but uh, that's like that is like 
is that just too easy of a solution? Like, am I not getting something there? It just seems like so much these days is more complicated than it needs to be. Everybody's doing too much. You know, if every team doesn't play the right amount of games, that sucks. But guys, this is a fucked up year. Well, yeah. there goes the E up on the episode for explicit. Oh, no, I, sorry. I, oh, I, that was all on me. Like, <laughs> <laughs> But anyways, that's my little COVID rant. Uh, COVID's obviously bad right now. So everybody listening, please be smart uh, and wise and, you know, look out for each other and just do the smart and, and right thing. Like wear your mask, like just wear a mask, wash your hands, you know, get <sighs> up in people's grill. We have we have a house just down the street here, and these people have three coroplast like lawn signs on their property, and it's like no more lockdowns.org. Yeah, we got a couple here too. Oh, it's like, come on, man. It, one of them is on the drive out to my folks' house uh, in the country, and it's childish and it's petty, but it makes me feel better every time I go by. I just I give I, the finger the whole way. Nobody's been out yet, and I'll still do it if they are out. But uh, I don't know, you know, it's not a good time to mince words. If you're being nope. an irresponsible fuck, you need to be told. <laughs> yep, you need to be put in your place. Uh, uh, the NHL saw their trade deadline passes this Monday. Oh yeah, right, uh, <laughs> right. I, I remember laughing that TSN and Sportsnet are still trying to to milk that cow, right? Even during COVID, it was like a six hour or something show, and I'm like, what? Well, geez, like I remember again, like that used to be like Christmas. I remember doing a yeah. live blog for our original iteration yeah. of uh, around sports 360, right? And it was great. I, yep. I loved it, and and you know, we used I to take days for those exactly. Take days off work. <laughs> Like take days off of work. Oh, I can't work today. It's a trade deadline. And, yeah. uh, and, uh, like, you know what? There's probably 25, 26 year old guys out there who do the same now. And that's, yeah, funny. that's true. Um, but it's, uh, you know, it's funny. Cause I sometimes feel like the NHL teams and the GMs kind of fuck with the TSNs and the sports nets. And the, I think so too. You know, I would <laughs> uh, just because they like build up, you know, weeks upon weeks before the deadline, you know, this is our, this is, you know, deadline, deadline central and, you know, eight hours of exclusive coverage. And then next thing you know, like the biggest chip on the table falls, you know, the day before. So the funniest thing I remember, like, I think it was that year actually that I referenced when we were in Calgary and had the site and the first, like nothing happened the first two hours uh, except uh, Cam Jansen got traded, I think, from St. Louis to New Jersey or vice versa. Like, I don't know if you remember Cam Jansen, just a fourth-line goon. Yeah. Um, and, like, that's all TSN had to talk about, so they did, and they, like, made a point of calling him and making it a big thing, and it's just like, come on. I think that's when they jumped the shark, at least for me. Yeah. Like, I really don't care about this as much as uh, I always thought I had. <laughs> it'd, be, it'd be interesting to come across um, those old blogs that we wrote just to read them yeah i've looked for them uh with relative success throughout the years uh the odd time just when i don't know something comes up when you find them share them with me because i i feel like it might have been on a computer or two or three ago yeah and uh don't have access to it well we should sell them they could be our nfts man we can uh oh my god yes get into the nft game nfts nfts (laughs) what the fuck is an nft (laughs) let's say that let's have a discussion because we didn't talk about those last week with uh, Brad, did we? No, no. We um, I was showing Jaden her brain hurt. Well, mine does too. Let's maybe talk about it a little bit more next week. Yeah, because I'll need to refresh and pretend that I understand. Because Austin Matthews has a line that he just released for auction. Yeah, it all blows my mind. What was it? There was there was one um, there was one GIF that someone sold for. So was it 3.6 million or, or 6.3 million and it's like it literally is a gif and the creator still owns the like the the rights to it but whoever dropped that much money on these nfts i think gets <laughs> gets an original so it's almost like a it's almost like a like a van gogh, like anybody can buy a van gogh print but don't, only one person can have the the true ridge the the og you know that makes sense i guess but i mean yeah anyways we do we do we do need to um you know who i feel would have a good perspective on this too would probably be jeff yeah he uh he doesn't have good perspective on anything but i agree yeah 
No, you're but right. We, we will definitely, yes, we definitely have to add this. And he's older than us. So he's, his mind might be, well, more you know, as a, as a, as a senior, almost, he could probably, you know, wax some poetic on what these NFTs are and <laughs> all that jazz. So we'll, we'll reach out to his people and see if he's available for next week. Right. Randy, Jeanette. <laughs> Me All right, both. man. Anything else this week uh, to no, relay no, on the I think big we listeners? should. Uh, I think we should wrap it up. I'll, uh, I'll do the spiel. So uh, before we sign off, I'd like to mention that the podcast is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and everywhere else that you, uh, every other or any other aggregator that you yes. use. This boom, ding, ding, ding. <laughs> um, you can also listen to us on Anchor.fm. Uh, if you haven't already, please. Uh, subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode and while you're there take a minute to rate and review us um from mark i'm steve and thanks for listening to aptp peace out